0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org.
1: Um, so before the break I said this, the, you know, you know, little gillism, that perhaps intention is so important in Buddhism that if anything should qualify as a self, it's probably your intention. Um, intention is changeable, and it's not permanent, and... And uh, so, you know, it's hard to really hold on to it as being, this is who I really am, you know, try to hold on to you. But still, it's so central, because as we make decisions about what to do in our life, choices in our life, moving forward in our life, how we act, how we speak in our life, not far away from that is intentions. And there can be layers and layers of intentions. The intention could be, you know, to, uh, the intention could be to go have coffee with a friend because you're thirsty. That's one intention, but another part. You know, if you think more deeply, say, well, intention is to really. It's nice to have something to drink, but the idea is to really. Intention is to really connect with your friend. But you know, then if you think more deeply about what's your intention in having a friend, what's your what what intention, what values, what motivation do you have in having a friend, and then you realize that it's not just that you're not just going there just because you want to spend time talking to a friend, but uh, there 's a behind that deeper is the idea that friendship is a really important of li- your life it 's a place a way of feeling connected, a way of being supported, a way of kind of understanding yourself more deeply because you can have conversations with friends you can 't have with anybody else and you realize that there 's a deeper intention that 's underneath that and then you uh, you ask more deeply what 's my intention in having in, you know in what 's my intention behind that even and then behind that there might be an intention that you really want to find a way to live a life that's meaningful, or life, live a life that's peaceful, and you have this idea that uh, the value of friendship can support that. And so, and so, so there's layers and layers of what goes on, and uh, it's interesting sometimes to look at the intentions of our life from that perspective of the layers, and not settle for the first layer. You know, why are you going shopping for food? Because there's no food in the refrigerator. <laughs> That's the, you know, end of the story. But, you know, why do you want food in the refrigerator? What motivates you? What's the intentions behind that? Are you, are, you, know, are you, are you going to make a meal for friends who are coming over, for a family? Uh, What's the intention you have when you make food for your family? To get it over as quickly as possible so I can get out of there. Which was kind of my intention yesterday at home because I was brought to my 14-year-old home and I thought I had some place to go. I had someone waiting for me and... And I was, you know, I brought him home from school, and he needed dinner. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you know, I think the the dominant intention was to get it over with, to get it, make it as quickly as I could, because someone was waiting for me. So, so I, that's what I did. And, um, so there wasn't, you know, it wasn't infused with patience and love and, you know, and support and laid it out beautifully on the table for him. And, you know, and like here, you know, like he was a really important person. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, dinner's on the table. I'm leaving. (laughs) So, you know, all these intentions, right? So what are the intentions that are operating? And then what's the intentions you want to operate? And, um. And, you know, yesterday the intention was to go see this person because I felt obligated not to keep the person waiting. Um, another time, my, my, my son might take prominence and I have, you know, my intentions around him and supporting him. And, and the background of that might be that the history of my, with my son and the context of it all and what it means, you know, for me to put out dinner. And, you know, if I'd been a total flake, you know, much of the last few months, I might have given priority to him at that time and not the person waiting. But I haven't been too flaky lately, so there's, there's some, you know, cre- cre- credit. <laughs> <laughs> what? Credit in the bank. Credit in the bank. So it was, was, you know, given the big picture, that was okay. So what I'm trying to say there's layers and layers of intention and things to consider. And, um, and I'd like to propose that we, we're, we're always operating on intention. There's always some motivation, uh, always some purpose that we're operating under um, and sometimes the purpose seems quite so natural and easy, like it, you don't even think there's a purpose, uh, because you just, you know, you, but it's there somehow quietly in the background. Uh, you can be walking down the street and thinking you're just going for a walk. What's the intention? In the? In, well, I'm just going for a walk. But there's intentions operating there and what you choose to look at, you know, as you go down the walk. And you, why do you choose one thing to look at over something else? And um, there can be subtle intentions that are operating there. and What... So um, intentions are quite important. People have, and then we have this wor- more important word, resolve. Um, to be resolved, that's a you know kind of it's a really committed sense of intention, what you're going to really operate from. And um, and then and then connected to this intention, resolve, having a purpose, is um, uh, uh, people have relationships to intentionality. Uh, people have learned things from their family growing up, from their life experience, about having an intention, their relationship to intention. Some people are afraid of having intentions. They're reluctant to have it resolves and to be committed because they've been burned burned before. It's hard to have. Um, some A some people, few people are afraid of their own strength and power. And uh, it's kind of interesting to talk to people. Um, sometimes I'm surprised by the... Uh, more often than not, the people who are afraid of their power and their strength, I'm often kind of like, What? Because they, uh, they seem to be people who um, are very quiet and kind of um, uh, unassertive to begin with, and and the contrast between someone who's very unassertive and kind of withdrawn and being and and being afraid of asserting themselves because they're going to be too strong, is you know kind of interesting dynamic to to think about. What's what's going on? What's there. so this idea of people who are afraid of kind of coming forward and having attention, you know, and. and um, some people um, are really attached to intention, and really that's what they're kind of their their focal point—a sense of purpose. And I'm going to have it, it's so important. And so, in that right intention is uh, and is uh, intention as a whole, I think is very important for any spiritual path, uh, path of Buddhism, path towards freedom, to liberation, to awakening. Um, I don't think that you can get very far unless you have uh, some intention to do that, maybe even some resolve to do that. And so the question is, what's your relationship to intention? If intention is an important part of the path, uh, how do you relate to it? Is this something that you've thought about much? You kind of just kind of bumble along and hardly reflect on your intentions? Do you reflect deeply on your intentions? Uh, are you afraid of having intentions? Do you mistrustful of them? Is it hard to have a clear sense of intentions because you get you know, so many things you could be doing? And How are you in, this, in the relationship to intentionality, motivation? And I think it's a beautiful word aspiration um, it's a kind of a variety of intention so I'm offering all these things throwing all this, these ideas out around this particular topic because I would like you to have a conversation about your relationship to intention and, um, and how I'd like to suggest doing this conversation is for you to form groups of five people and, um, and just go around, go around the circle and offer something to the group about uh, how you, what your relationship has been to intention, but only say one thing about it. You could say a lot about it, but just offer one, what you're doing is you're offering something to the circle. And so it's relatively brief what you say. I don't know, it doesn't have to be just one sentence, but you know, relatively brief. You're offering something, and then the next person offers something from their point of view, their relationship to it, and by the time it gets back to, around to you, you've heard four other people and that will have sparked something in you. Uh, made you think about something, uh, mirrored something in you, maybe you realize something in you, and then you have a chance to offer something back that maybe is different than what you would offer if you just had a long monologue, but the things you thought were important on your own. And so you get to, so you're contributing to this group conversation by just offering something, and then each time you know you, you hear something else it affects you, you say something it affects those four people, and and as you go around and around, there's a kind of a, uh, you know, you're affecting each other and shaping each other in a nice way. And a kind of a, some people call it a group mind that gets formed. I don't know if you like that kind of language, but, but there's a kind, of a kind of a group kind of understanding or mutuality that uh, explores the topic together. And, um, and since this is a personal discussion, your relationship to intentions, uh, you're not obligated in no way to uh, share something you're not comfortable with sharing. Don't feel like you're not on the spot. So if you're not comfortable saying something about yourself, you can just keep it to yourself and just offer something that's comfortable. Um, so is that clear enough? Um, and the idea, the idea was, was to offer you to be, not be too clear about the topic so that you could find your own self in it. You know, what's, what comes out of you, your, your relationship to intention, yeah. No, it's your relationship to intentionality, to the idea of intention, to the, the, the mental process, the activity of having intentions. And you might focus on a particular one. but, the, but uh, You mention it, but it isn't so much the intention you have, but rather your, your whole relationship to having intention. Does that make sense? But we'll see what comes out. You know. So, so I, I, I'm not, I don't want to define it too exactly, because as you, especially as you go around the circle, it might evolve in a particular way that's meaningful for that group. And so... Just don't feel like you're tied down, but don't start talking about uh, you know uh, the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Then, then bring it back. <laughs> okay. So, um, so please try to do for the groups of five. And if, uh, if some of you will have trouble finding group of five near you, um, so when that happens, walk towards me. And because then, you know. the counter so if some of you have trouble hearing um, uh, they might be helpful so I would love to hear from a few of you what, what it was like to have your discussion as a group and what it was like for you individually did this open up something for you evoke something do you have any insight or new perspectives from this conversation
2: Hi. So, um, yeah, this was a great experience for me because we just went around the table maybe two or three times and each took a turn, and I I recognized on the first time it was kind of... um, I mean, what everybody had to say was really wonderful, but for me, I'm talking about my own personal experience, it was kind of... It felt my answer or my feedback felt a little shallow to me. And then the next time we went around the table, somebody um, talked about something that... I rel- about fear and then I then I started really it really started sinking in like oh my god there's there's a lot of fear a lot of fear for me and then somebody else had talked about something um, uh, uh, um, uh, and something that they had explored in their own um, practice for most of their life that resonated with me on a really deep level something that I personally have been in quite a bit of turmoil over. Mm. And so it was just really a really beautiful, beautiful experience for me because... Um, so you were mirrored just, by the people who spoke, and you yeah, saw
1: yourself in a way you hadn't been seeing yourself. N-
2: no, and it just got deeper and deeper great. the more we talked. So it, it just had a life of its own. It, great, thank you.
1: Life of its own, that's great to hear. So all the way in the back now is for our author.
3: <clears throat> so as we as we went around the the conversation evolved actually, and um somewhere along the way, we got to talking about um intentions and then um, um, things that under underlie that intention that that we did that may or may not have been intentions and then we got to talking about aligning intentions and actions and um, and we we ended there. That's when the bell rang. But just a, as that was said, uh, I realized for myself. This came as a, a revelation. Um, uh, that the thing I ask myself is um, now that I ask myself is, do I really want to do this? <laughs> um, and the answer is surprising. Often, what the answer is is surprising. Because it's
1: well, no, you don't want to do it?
3: Sometimes I do, sometimes ah. I don't. And if I don't or I do, it's really interesting when I think about why.
2: Mm, great. And
3: a lot of things I actually, when as I reflect on this, a lot of things that I think about that I want to do, I don't really want to do anymore. I'm, I used to want to do them, and I've developed a habit of doing them. And I want to be rid of them, really.
1: Great. Thank you. So I, intentions that become habits that maybe we don't want to have anymore. So, someone else. One of
0: the things we, the things we talked about in our group is the um, the difference between... Um, consciously choosing intentions or aspirations and using intentions as a form of investigation. So, for example, when um, unpleasant thoughts or emotions would come up, to, to um, inquire about that by asking repeatedly, you know, what is my intention? Great. And um, that there really are two different
1: they're, they're two very different ways to use... So the, fir- the, so the, f- the second, second one was to, when something's going on, to inquire into the intention behind it. And the first one was?
0: And the first one is what, you know, to... to when you think about what are my intentions, what are my aspirations?
1: So, so the first one is more just kind of more free, like, what do I want to do? The second one is, given what's happening, what is the intention involved in that that's underlying it? Great. Uh, I mean, so far I get a sense that different groups had different, kind of, went went different places. I mean, nice to hear from a few more representatives of groups. As we uh, uh,
4: came around, uh, what uh, came up in our group was n- not only the intention, but the results of our intentions, and for me personally, sometimes I get uh, attached to the results of the intention and if the results aren't what the intention was, then I get discouraged from holding that intention. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, part of that is uh, letting go of the results, having the intention, but not being so attached
1: to the results of that. Very interesting. That's very nice. And um, I wonder, though, whether, just as like I said, there's layers of intentionality. It might be, you know, the, the, the what seems like the forefront intention behind those other intentions, I wonder if there's multiple layers of consequences, too, results. And so, you know, there's that, the obvious result, um, but then I wonder if there's other results that are not so obvious, that maybe the obvious one, you failed miserably. But maybe there's other results from having that intention that maybe it wasn't a failure or wasn't seen in, seen in a positive way. What, what might that be?
4: Uh, now you're talking about unintended consequences.
1: For, they? yeah, maybe. <coughs> um, yeah, so yeah,
4: the, what I'm thinking is that uh, you know there shouldn't be a, the, the, there's a possibility of judging whether it's good or bad, but oftentimes um, no judgment necessary. It just whatever it is, it could be. It's like, like that old story, the, uh, the, the the farmer, the Zen story, you know. About. Never,
1: you never know what's... Yeah, exactly. I mean, so right. you, could, you could be, if you have an intention to be generous to someone who's asking you for money, and as soon as you give them the money, you see them, they go into the alcohol store, the liquor store, and say, oh, jeez, that was a mistake. That wasn't what I wanted. But, uh, so, in terms of what that person does with the money, it wasn't what you intended. However, maybe one of the consequences, you're maybe, in spite of that, your tendency to uh, be generous was a beautiful thing maybe that got stronger and maybe that's a nice memory for you to have even though it had the had the wrong consequence um, uh, now you know that you have the capacity to be generous and perhaps you know you're n- almost never generous so th- even though your generosity didn't work it's nice to know you had that capacity so i'm not saying you aren't but right but um, but uh, you know so uh, there could be other consequences and, and one of the consequences that Buddhism emphasizes is is, how do, is, um, is uh, knowing yourself well enough that you can take refuge or, or feel uh, upright because you know your intentions were good, even though the results didn't turn out the way you expected. You, you become blameless, they say. You're blameless because of the quality of the intention. So, uh, so someone else? Yes, Genevieve. Is it on?
0: Is it on? Yeah. yeah. On. Okay, great. I haven't used it before, first of all. So I'm just following up on, on what you had, the question you asked Jeff about what was possibly an, a consequence or, or something underneath the when the action didn't meet the intention, yeah. something like that. And I thought of that, and I thought, you know, um, oftentimes my intention is associated with being in a certain way in the world that I take pride in. And when I don't, when my action does not meet my intention, I bump up against that side of myself. It gives me an opportunity to relinquish that. Mm. And to, you know, be hum- be, hum- be humbled, I should say. Be humbled. That's not a bad thing for me. So Great.
1: Yeah. So, so, okay. It was, was nice. I think uh, before lunch I'd like to do another... Exercise with you, and um, so you don't have to do this. So uh, you know, uh, don't because of it leave. Um, <laughs> you know, unless it's, you know you have to go or something. But but uh, if you don't want to do this, you can sit quietly and just meditate and just hear the buzz around you if you'd like. Because the next one uh, uh, could be, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of personal. This one, this one could open something up for you that a little more personal, a little more tender. So maybe you don't feel like it. I don't know how you come here today and what you're up for. Um, but you know, again, uh, when you do these, you don't have to share anything that you don't want to share. Uh, you can just keep it privately to yourself. And maybe it's meaningful. Just to be quiet and and uh, see what arises in you and be with it quietly. And but share something else. It's, you know, wait until something else comes. It feels better. But um, but so this this exercise is done in pairs. So hopefully, I don't know if we're in uh, an even number here, but um, perhaps uh, one of you, maybe Jim and Shinquan, can be the last people to find in case there's an odd and even number. And um, and, uh, so the idea is um, to sit with someone and do a practice called repeating questions. And the repeating question is, uh, the question to repeat is, what is your intention? And uh, your partner, you ask that this is a question of your partner, and that, uh, and that question is an open-ended question. It's not saying, what is your intention for lunch? What is your intention for, you know, just what is your intention? There's a lot of different layers and ways and situations where that might be relevant as you hear that question. And so you offer a response, what your intention is. And then the most important thing that the questioner does is when that intention has been stated... Uh, you say thank you for that. You pause for a moment, and then you ask the question again. What's your intention? And then you respond, to thank you. What's your intention? And you keep redoing this, and what happens is that uh, some of the immediate kind of obvious responses may be, uh, you say it initially, and as you keep saying it, you go deeper and deeper, or you've been discovering new aspects, or some new things come up, surprising what comes up. Uh, sometimes, or something you didn 't think about normally would come up, or who knows what comes up it 's kind of like the group you're going around, and somehow you 're shaped a little bit or influenced by the group as a whole to think more deeply like you did and find something. so as you keep asking the question new things, you know you 're surprised what comes up and, and, um, and so um, and that 's the way it goes for a while and then at some point i 'll ring the bell to stop, and then at that when I ring the bell. That's a time just to sit quietly for a minute or so and just take stock of uh, what just happened and just kind of settle in. And then I'll ring the bell again and I'll say something and then it's time to switch roles. And then the person who was asking the questions now receives the questions. Make sense? Any questions about that? So... um, the, um, and again, it's probably nice to spread out a little bit so that you're not sitting too close to other people, so you're not distracted by what you're hearing from them. And, um, and uh, so probably, you know, I, 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 haven't, I don't have exact time, how long it's going to be, but you can get a sense that probably it'll be about six minutes each, go back and forth. And um, I think that seems about right for this kind of situation. The way that I was taught to do this and the way it was kind of, think, designed... Was fifteen minutes each, <laughs> so, uh, so that uh, so then you're really kind of exploring and going deeper and deeper in a way, and, and um, the um, and as you one thing to keep in mind that as you respond to the person, it, it's not this is not a conventional conversation, so even though they're asking you, what's your intention? It's not for their sake that you're answering. <clears throat> it's for your own sake here for this exercise. So, don't worry so much about, and the other person is not going to say anything else. The only thing the questioner asks is the question and thank you. You don't try to ask for clarification, you don't give advice, you know, just, just, just that's all you do. And, um, and, and it's really, uh, so it, this is all for the sake of the person who's answering the question and for your own sake to kind of discover something. So, don't worry about it, that you're a little bit incoherent for the listener because maybe you know what you're saying. And, um, and don't worry about telling a long story to explain it, because you know the story. You're just kind of let, letting, it, letting it unfold. Um, and, um, and if you might, if some people, when they do this exercise, actually like to even close their eyes sometimes as they're answering the question, so they're not pulled into the social world that might happen if you're looking and you keep your eyes open. But whatever's comfortable for you as you do it. So, um, so why don't you, uh, uh, in a moment, uh, find someone to do it with, and then if you if there's an uh, even uh, odd number here, you come to the front and maybe you you find it, find find each other if there's an extra person, or maybe maybe Shen Quan can do it with you and um, and then uh, let's think here um, yeah, and also just, just you know, introduce yourself, say just a few words just kind of, you know, your name and who you are or something it starts breaks the ice in something and then just uh, st- uh, start in decide who's going to be first actually it's a good way of deciding who's going to be first and that is the person who has the shortest hair <laughs> uh, it
0: can,
1: it, uh, it can be the person who uh, it asks the questions first and, uh, and, if you, and if that's an issue for you you can ask, request to have it the op- other way we're flexible but just to make it a little easier and so you do
0: you have a role
1: <laughs> so, so why don't you uh, find someone: and... Well, thank you <clears throat> for that. And um, somehow the people in the outer hall
3: <laughs>
1: it's okay. Outer hall people are I have more to talk about. And um, so I was not, uh, you know, I didn't get to do it. <laughs> so what was it like? <laughs> Maybe some of you will tell me what it was like, so I, I, for my sake. Or, and again, every, everyone probably had their own individual experience. so it might be nice to hear some of the ranges of what that was like, and it's very open, it's to open-ended question, what was it like? What, 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 what do you want? What would be, be nice if some people shared? and hear some of the different things.
5: Uh, usually, I don't want to... Steve and I usually don't do things with each other. We do... We want to... But this felt personal enough that I wanted to do that with him.
1: Oh, nice. And, and, and if you, do you care to say how it, what it was like to do it with your husband?
5: it was um, i can't think of the right adjective well i mean i think it was the wise choice <laughs> <laughs> uh, to do that and i, I felt i felt um, more comfortable uh, with self disclosure yes. with him although sometimes mean, we talked about this a little bit sometimes it's easier to disclose to somebody you don't know right although i mean i don't have a whole lot of stuff in my life to that's problem you know most my life is pretty much an open book, but it no it, it felt um, it was uh, reaffirming we had we had some very different uh, responses from one another and but they were in in some ways they were quite parallel as well, which is reassuring
1: great wonderful thank you I want to say something <laughs> <laughs> it worked out really well but uh, Prospect was very scary.
3: <laughs>
1: Where's the other mic? No, that's okay. it's right. There. Oh, it's okay. Is so anybody else? Shirley, and maybe. Well, Shirley, speaking, you could pass the mic across across the room.
3: Well, uh, for some reason. Is it on? No,
0: it's not. For some reason, I went straight for Philippa across the room. And I didn't know why, but when we started talking, I found out why. Because we have the same huge issue. And so it was really, really nice mm. to um, be able to share that at that level of understanding. So it was great.
1: Mm, nice. Thank you.
0: And. It was deeply moving for me, just to go one intention after another. um, It was very, very moving. And um, I didn't give a lot of detail, but enough to really feel what I was was talking Mm -hmm. about.
1: Great. Thank you. Anybody surprised by what came out of their mouth?
4: I was surprised that I said I intended to die. It was my intention to die.
1: Some people have that intention. So that's an interesting one to maybe look more deeply at and understand.
0: It felt really intimate as a listener, even though you didn't get to say much. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Person doesn't give specific details, but yeah. it feels like you're just getting closer to them.
1: Yes. Yeah. Thank you, author.
3: <clears throat> so, um, in our conversation, uh, um, we, I got a sense of 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 how much of the exploration of that intention comes through. Um, uh, being aware of what's happening in the body, how it feels. Um, uh, So suffering, you know, uh, uh, an intention about suffering, the first thing is asking myself what it is and how do I know that it's suffering and not pain or where does one become the other? Anyway, what you asked a moment ago, any surprises? Because that wasn't really a surprise. Um, What was the surprise was, um who's been in, who's been living in this body all these years was the surprise um,
1: um. so you you getting to know the person
3: uh, he's leaving a trail <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you're cleaning up'm <laughs> Clean, no, i I'm not good at cleaning <laughs> in the frontier Genevieve, could you pass this?
0: Um, I just find these so interesting that, um, whenever I do this kind of activity that, um, it's the sitting and, and listening, it's, it's kind of a waiting for what arises that's not volitional and it's, um, it, it makes me really appreciate so much the, what we're doing in meditation, you know, the silence, the sitting to really listen for what's there and, um. So that's
1: all I have to say. Okay, thank you. Appreciate hearing that. I realize that I've had a bunch of scripts that usually suffice for that intention, but after about the second round of questioning they go away. (laughs) And uh, and I I got to death too and I got to wanting to feel that suppose I was gonna die in the next few minutes. A- am I acting now the way I would want to be if that was the case? Nice.
2: Um, extremely intimate, like uncomfortably intimate for me, but it was really good practice for me because it acted as a mirror. So, one of the things that, one of my intentions is to feel more comfortable in my own skin or to be okay in my skin. And it really gave me the opportunity to see how self-conscious i was feeling sitting there being so i mean if if i'm going to benefit from the practice i'm going to you know be as honest as i can be but it was a good mirror for me to just see in that moment wow i'm like Mm. really uncomfortable i'm really self-conscious i'm really self-absorbed you know all that stuff which is you know part of what was coming out of my intentions
1: great thank you so i'm gonna i'm gonna say some things I hope that's enough. Uh, so um, <clears throat> so some of the things, maybe a little prompted by what you said. Um, so we've been doing these kinds of dyads and groups for uh, many years here at IMC. And uh, I know that they're meaningful for people to do. They can be meaningful, and, and that, that's why we do them here. And, but one of the things that uh, I didn't quite anticipate and watching the community people do it over the years. and uh, I certainly anticipated that people introduced to it the first time, some of them are ready to bolt. <laughs> uh, you know, They don't really want to do it, they're afraid to do it, it's uncomfortable to do it, and they're reluctant to do it. That's, that's uh, underst- quite understandable. And there are people who do it, and they find that after a while, they find how valuable it is and meaningful, and they're no longer afraid of it, they're willing to do it. But I think it was a little bit of a surprise for me how I've seen now a good number of people who have done this over a couple of years or something, do this, and, um, and they become much more uh, willing to stand there and be present for other things in their life. They say, oh, I know how to do this. I know how to be present and share myself or be open in a way. I don't have to be, always be cower or pull away or be reluctant. And somehow there's a certain kind of inner strength, and a strength, a strength in being open, Strength of being vulnerable, strength of being personal, and confidence in doing that that sometimes can grow from this kind of exercise. It's been a real delight for me to watch some of you kind of uh, develop this over, over time. The other thing is that in terms of intention, uh, it's been a very important part of my practice, um, especially in, uh, years ago. I don't do it quite as much as I used to, but uh, to spend a lot of time reflecting on what is my intention, what is my intention, and I used the, uh, for a whole year, I used the um, the idea, if I'm going to die, when I woke up, I'd say, what if I'm going to die tonight? What is the intention for this day? How will I live this day? And it was very, and you just keep asking this question, and then to go through the layers and layers, and see different days, and see how it morphs and changes, and um, I think it was very, very important. And as a Buddhist uh, teacher, in terms of working with people, I have a lot of respect for people, uh, people's intentions, but the place of intentionality, if you can kind of go into the place where we have intentions and stay present and keep asking these kinds of questions, that you go into the depth of people and in that depth I have a lot of respect. I think there's a lot of beauty and value in people's intentions. And so rather than kind of saying you should be a Buddhist and the Buddhism says you know you should be liberated and that should be, that should be your intention um, I'm much more interested in trusting people's uh, own movement towards their own deepest intention and supporting people, helping people, what's your deepest intention? What is it here? And go further and further in that uh, in that uh, whole area. And um, so this exercise here was, you know, partly to do that. You know, what is your intention? And um, it's a very, ev- I think it can be very evocative. It's worth doing again a few times, many times, every day. <laughs> um, it's worth doing, again, because of all the different ways in which the responses come out. Some days, or some situations, it might be, you know, some grand, beautiful intention surprises you. I want to save all beings, you know. That sounds good, right? And another day, the, the response might be, um, uh, my intention is to avoid your question. <laughs> <laughs> or my intention is to come up with a smart answer for you, or make an impression. You know, There's all kinds of things that might come up. And it's just interesting to see all the different things that might come mm-hmm. Um, and finally, before we take our lunch break, uh, it is intimate, it is very personal, some of the things that might have been said. And so I think that uh, when you had your discussion with your partner, I think you should basically treat it as confidential, what happened. And um, you know, just treat it that way. And um, you know, and if, if for some reason you want to talk about what this happened exercise with your partner during lunch, it, it, you know, it is okay to do it. But make sure that it's okay with your partner. Don't assume that like, you, know, you, can, you can... And treat, treat what happened tenderly. So don't just say, come up and say, well, you know, that was an interesting intention, but if you had this one, it's a little bit better. <laughs> 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 or, you know, if that's your intention, here's the steps you have to do to... <laughs> you know. You know, treat it very respectfully and carefully, and, and make sure the person's open to having the conversation to continue. Maybe ask explicitly, and if they do, then it's great to have to continue some kind of conversation about what happened. Um, and if you, and if, some, if someone is in the, like a three or four people together having lunch, and be careful about bringing up what happened. so that the people who weren't there, uh, you know, maybe it's not appropriate to have it. Maybe it is if it's, everyone agrees, but be careful, okay. So now we have uh, time for our lunch break, and we'll take about an hour. And um, for those of you who are new, we have all these folding tables we bring out, and I don't know if it's warm enough, you're welcome, or quiet enough uh, to do it outside.